The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we keep going that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can, of course, bet on all sorts of things, games, results, props, etc., etc. There is a lot of action this week with the NFL Draft happening starting this This Thursday, April 27th, obviously a couple of days from now, it is Monday. It is Mock Draft Monday here on the SB Nation NFL show. We are going to do a live mock draft for you. I say we, the fantastic Rachel Prevet behind the glass, as always, on the ones and twos. I am RJ Ochoa. I am joined by the fantastic, the debonair, live from Kansas City, the KCMO. It is Arrowhead Prides, Pete Sweeney. Pete um what's the temperature yeah. what's the temperature little, the literal temperature that's what i want to know um in kansas city right now fahrenheit please not Celsius. we we are between 40 and 60 fahrenheit for the week so some springtime weather that's in in kc it's terrible ha- it had been hot and then it actually cooled down a little bit and now we're back into that that spring weather exactly what you would want either to play golf or to go down and, and take in some draft picks. I know you're um you're kind of new on the golf scene. Um, you're a pretty active mm-hmm. person. You do mm-hmm. a lot of pickleball. Um, you know what I mean? Like you, yes. you know, some of that's for socialization. You're a social butterfly. Uh, but uh, you know, right. you, you've got an athlete's body. I I'm I'm not afraid to tell you. So yeah, every morning starts with 100 shups. Exactly. If I don't finish the 100 shups, no articles get posted. Uh, you know what I mean? Jeremy Reisman of SB Nation's Pride of Detroit. How many shups do you start your morning with, Jeremy? I'll be honest. I don't know what that is. I don't know what a shove is. It's a push-up. Push-up. Oh, like a, push a couple push-ups. I have heard of that. Uh, zero. Zero. Yeah. I don't know the last time no. I've done a push-up. I started yoga. No push-ups for Jeremy. Yoga is, is much okay. more my speed. You got some downward dog happy you baby gl- going on? Like You got to take those glasses off when you do yoga, I'd imagine. Those those things are going to fall off if not. Yeah. No, we, we put those um, to the side. Wow. Well, you, you have a, a different form of exercise. I've mentioned this a thousand times when we've done stuff together, Jeremy. Um, your um, What is the game that you played that I always bring up specifically? Monopoly. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about. The game, the game you played on Twitch when you were dancing. Oh, uh, Just Dance, of course. Right. Well, so I was going to ask, were you a DDR person? Like back before oh, yeah. arcades, like completely DDR, and truly fell guitar apart? Guitar Hero. 
Although all those rhythm it. games, big fan. Mm. Were you in the marching band? I wasn't actually no, because I because they wow. had to start school earlier, and I'm just like, why would I want to start school a week early to do marching band? Mm. Absolutely not. Um, I have seven seven extra days of school. That's, that's <laughs> exactly. I'll have you both know. Um, I was on the drum line in high school, yeah. and they make you sign a blood oath when you're on the drum line that at any opportunity in your future that you can reference being on mm. the drum line. You have to do it. So that's what I've done. Today. <laughs> well done. Um, we we are going to do a live mock draft. We've never done this before. Um, n- not just the you know the group yeah. here on Monday Football Monday, but literally never done um, like importing uh, a simulator here on the show. So um, you know, tease and peace for all of us as as we venture into some uncharted waters. But before we do, uh, Jeremy, I mentioned props and gambling things like that. Uh, the Detroit Lions at the forefront of the NFL for some. Uh, not great reasons, obviously, news breaking on Friday. Give us the 101, and certainly as the dust has settled on what has happened with the Lions, uh, what everybody needs to know uh, as we move into draft week. Well, yeah, I mean, the the first thing is this is kind of, this news is kind of split into two separate categories. Two Lions were found of gambling on NFL games. They were cut immediately by their t- by by the Lions. Uh, that's C.J. Moore and uh, Quintus Cephas. Uh, the the Kind of more interesting news and, and certainly more relevant, I think, to Lions fans is that uh, Jamison Williams and another receiver, uh, Stanley Barrymore, were found guilty of gambling on non-NFL games, but while on NFL property. Um, and the interesting thing about this is, is that it's not the same thing that we saw last year, right? Where this isn't a gambling on NFL games thing. This is kind of a, a more hazy territory of of whether it should or shouldn't be legal. But by the NFL standards, here's what's not allowed, essentially, is you can you can you can gamble on non-NFL games, but it has to be on your own time, on your own property. So what's not included in that, what's considered NFL property or, or you know team facilities is the team facility, practice field, the stadium, uh, but also things like the airplane, the bus, the hotel room when you're on the road is is also a no-go. And so that's kind of the interesting situation here because I don't know specifically we, you know the details aren't out there yet what Jameson is is specifically guilty of um but if it is kind of one of those gray area things you you could certainly see why him or i imagine a lot of other nfl players have probably already slipped up maybe just not gotten caught and so jameson's gonna miss the next uh six um games uh but he can participate in all the off-season programs so he'll be there in training camp he'll be there in the preseason even uh, but obviously it's a pretty big hit to have your first round pick who missed almost all of last year now missed the first six games of his second season as well. Pete, you are um, not a, a stranger to, um, you know, games uh, of this sort of nature in a fun and good natured and, and healthy way. Of course, um, there's a lot of people coming out saying this is, you know, this is so hypocritical. This news brought to you yeah. uh, by, you know, our, our sponsor here is DraftKings. But you know what I mean? Like the NFL runs so many gambling commercials, has so many gambling partnerships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you find this to be hypocritical or there is another sector of people who feel like, look, this is a rule and, and you can you can argue about the legitimacy of it all. Uh, but but it is a rule that was violated. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. And the players understand that, look, you, you can't be gambling on the NFL. And so long as they're not gambling on the NFL, who cares? I don't know why this is even a rule. I understand that you have the, the slippery slope factor, but you're right. If the NFL is going to be so tied to FanDuel and DraftKings and have these partnerships and MGM and Caesars and they go on and on and on and on Barstool that the players 
should be able to do what they want so long as they're not gambling on the NFL. That is obvious. And what hurts here, and just as a, a general NFL, NFL fan, right, we write about the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Lions, but Jamison Williams is an exciting young player, and he was battling to get on the field last year. And this is tough because I, I think, you know, you talk about slippery slope, you talk about quicksand. Sometimes a player can get off kilter early on his career and never even come back from that. I, I hope that's not the case for Jamison Williams, but sometimes you have these adversity, you know, you have this adversity at the beginning of a year, it, it gets you off track. So just hope he stays the course. I know that, you know, in speaking to players, a lot of times during these suspensions, you can get pretty sad and, and depressed. And so I, hopefully there's a support system built in and week seven, we see him back on the field for, you know, for what to me was a, a penalty that a rule that shouldn't even exist. The players know that it does exist. So he, he has a suspension, but maybe they should think about, especially because they make so much money from the sports gambling, changing that rule, maybe next off season, something like that. I agree um, with that idea. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever told you both, but I live my life by a credo. Um, I don't know if it's a credo, a creed, whatever um, called the purple pants rule. Um, you know, we all have jobs here. And if our job told us, hey, Jeremy, you, here's your contract. We're going to pay you X, Y, and Z to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and within the contract, it said you cannot wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays. It's kind of a dumb rule, right? Like, it's a silly, like, why? Why Why can't I wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays? Um, but if you sign the contract, right, like, you know, you sign up and then you wear purple pants to work, like, the fourth Wednesday you have the job and you get in trouble, you get reprimanded. It's like, well, this is a stupid rule. Yeah, it's a rule. You know, you signed up for it. So I agree that the rule maybe needs some modification. Um, I think not only to your point, Pete, about the NFL's advocation for their partnerships in terms of gambling, but how many times like in our growing up lives have we heard NFL players say like, yeah, I have myself on my own fantasy team. Like we're, we're at a point now, and Jeremy, I know you mentioned that we don't know specifics. Like was like, was this truly like, oh, I took the over or the under, or was it like, you know, like a prize pick sort of gambling, you know, like that's technically gambling, like some sort of like fantasy element, you know, this could be, um, again, in the gambling world, a really mild infraction that that is technically a violation of, uh, of what I call the purple pants rule, Jim. Yeah. And I think all that is an argument to maybe at, at the very least lower the suspension amount um, for, for gambling. I mean, six, six games is a lot there. They're, you know, we've yeah. seen domestic abuse allegations. Sure. With, with that or, or even smaller. And so, yeah, there's a lot of gray area there. I I, I do kind of think the, the cleanest way to do it would just be simply don't gamble on the NFL end of end of sentence or go yeah. the other direction. Yes. Like it's just, it's either make it one way or the other, make it no gambling is allowed or no gambling on the NFL. That's it. This whole, like you have to be in a certain place to do it is sure. silly. It's stupid. And, and to take away a, a player's a one third of a player's season is, is drastic. Um, and I, I get like, they're trying to show, they're trying to make an example here. They're trying to draw a hard line saying we don't endorse gambling. And, and they're, they're trying to like take the money with one hand and push them away to the side with the other. It's it's weird. It's gray. Just make it simple. And of course, the NFL isn't capable of doing that with anything in a rule book. Uh, well, thank you for the updates, Jeremy. If anybody wants more information on this story, you've done a great job chronicling it at prideofdetroit.com. So everybody can head over there. We have a whole first round. That's if it wasn't obvious what we're going to do here. First round mock draft to get to. Um, it was very confusing for some of us uh, when we divvied up the teams that we were going to be controlling in this. 
Um, so I cover the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. who play in the NFC East. So I naturally took all of the Eastern teams um, in the NFL. So that's eight teams. Uh, Jeremy, you cover the Detroit Lions. Uh, they play in the NFC North. So again, naturally made geographic sense to let you handle all of the Northern teams. Uh, Pete, you have done a tremendous job covering the Kansas City Chiefs for a very long time here at SB Nation. Thanks. They, they play in the AFC yeah. West. So you would have thought that it would have been pretty chalk uh, to kind of understand that, like, you would take all yeah. eight of the Western divisions in the NFL. But somehow, some way, mm-hmm. um, this was, you know, the Da Vinci Code for you. I understand it now. I don't know how I ended up with the Saints and Titans, but I'll take them, too. Well, so, um, again, now we've, we've covered geography. We're going to cover math. <laughs> uh, so there are 32 teams in the NFL. Um, we each took two divisions. Each division has four teams. So that gives us eight teams, uh, you know, total. That's only 24 yeah. uh so that leaves eight teams left and both of the southern divisions were unclaimed so to divvy them up properly we had to break them down in a more awkward way uh so Whoa. jeremy you are going to control the uh the winners of those respective divisions the tampa bay buccaneers and the jacksonville jaguars pete you took um you know the top bridesmaid uh, the new orleans saints and the tennessee titans I will be picking for the Carolina Panthers and the Indianapolis Colts. And Rachel has been kind enough to help us out uh, picking for both the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans. Does everybody understand the rules before we start? Let's do it. Okay. Everyone probably but the audience. Rachel, um, it is uh, maybe going to be touch and go here. So let's all just be prepared. Rachel is controlling the mock draft (laughs) simulator. Uh, So let's go ahead and start the simulation, Rachel, um, and hope that uh, we just want one round. And uh, let's go slow speed, Rachel, please, actually, just to, you know, a lot for some people here, not named Jeremy or RJ. Uh, So let's go. Let's draft, please. Um, So I am picking for the Carolina Panthers, obviously. Um, We can't see the team here on the screen. That's interesting. Um, (laughs) But uh, that's going to make things a little bit complicated. If you you click on draft results at the top, that'll be the team. Um, Okay, thank you. Look at that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Well, Pete, you know, Pete, we're, we're not going to call anybody out. I, that would not be my style. So uh, we're just uh, not going to do that. I will take Bryce Young, please, Rachel, for the Carolina Panthers. Wow. Uh, so I will wow. go ahead and do it. Uh, that's me, Bryce Young. Um, I think this makes sense. It's chalk. Um, it's the most predictable thing. So awesome. Well done. Uh, Rachel, that means you are on the clock with the Houston Texans. I don't know that we want to try any trades. Like, we're already doing this in a very hectic manner. Uh, no. But, Rachel, if you could join us on screen for a moment and let us know, A, um how stressed out you are um b um your thoughts on pimento cheese and see who you think the houston texans will pick morning everyone um (laughs) this is very stressful but i think it's fun because we're just going you know winging it at the moment um i think that is you know a no-brainer pretty much you know we it's kind of like a race right now between bryce young and cj stroud and since you went with um bryce young first i mean i think it's easy to predict that cj stroud is going to go number two maybe possibly will levis but i'm going to go with stroud and so i don't remember okay. what, your, what your other question was about cheese or something. uh was your thoughts on pimento cheese i don't even know if i've ever had that i don't know i don't really it's not it. worth it okay uh, thank you, Rachel. The Houston Texans, thank you for their franchise quarterback of the future. The Arizona Cardinals are up next. I wonder who is going to be picking for them. We laid the rules out here very clearly. It's me. <laughs> I have the Cardinals. And we are going to really lean into Kyler Murray. I know that there's some other quarterbacks on on the board, but I don't care as the Cardinals GM here. Uh, that that he plays video games. He can play all the games as he wants. He just needs to play better on the field. 
and we're going to take an edge player to make sure that the opposing score is down for my guy, Kyler, and take Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. Seems like this is the safest pick when it comes to edge rushers in this draft, and so we're leaning into that. How about that, RJ? Um, I think that that's really solid. Jeremy, um, do you think this is great? Do you think Will Anderson will join the Kyler Murray contingent um, for the next statue unveiling in Norman, um, which we saw <laughs> happen over the course of this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think it makes the most sense for them if if they can't find that trade down option, which it feels like they're pretty desperate to do yeah. at this point. Um, <clears throat> I'm with you. I don't think quarterback is uh, in the future there. And I, I, I like Will Anderson as the, the best and, and certainly most safe defensive prospect in this class so i think this is a good pick mm. uh okay yeah i think we all think that they're gonna trade out but maybe it'll be super boring and they just won't you know what i mean we'll all feel kind of flat and then they'll be like this is the plan that we wanted all along um so okay so uh we are up uh i am up next with the indianapolis colts uh so we've had two quarterbacks go off you the board oh who's this is a match made in heaven because we know how how much you enjoy the indianapolis colts <laughs> i would love to relegate the Colts. Um, what is the name of Ryan Reynolds' mm. soccer team that uh, was promoted to like the fourth division Rexham? over the weekend? I yes, I would like at like they have the the Hulu show. Like, let's replace the Colts with them. The Colts do not deserve to be an NFL team. Um, you That's know, how I feel about my my current soccer team, the Spurs. After a six-one uh, defeat, Sunday was Sunday was a rough day uh, for for Tottenham. Yes. Yeah. Um, you chose this life to be very clear. And you chose it very recently. It's not like, oh, like my grandfather was a Tottenham fan. And so like, I've been this way my whole life. No, like you signed up for this. Yes. Uh, Jeremy, do you have an EPL team? Yes. No, not at all. <laughs> Sorry. Not we, a big soccer will, team. Not a good, I mean, I get I involved in the World Cup. Okay. We'll fix this. Uh, we'll get you an EPL okay. team. Um, you, you give me like some Liverpool vibes. So I could see that being your team. Um, give so me the we'll Detroit Lions of, the, in the, of morning. the Premier League. Who are the Detroit uh, Lions of the Premier League? Tried to be I mean, less insulting. Maybe Crystal Palace. I know that was the team that, that Pete considered <laughs> once upon a time. Um, but uh, maybe Crystal Palace is... Uh, don't, don't pick Crystal Palace. Is your spot. Yeah, don't pick Crystal Palace. Um, but anyway, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, they've been connected to Will Levis over and over and over again. Um, I mean, they need a quarterback. I don't think they're brave enough to go Anthony Richardson. Uh, I, I think that this has to be like a, a low-hanging fruit, easy, slam-dunk sort of thing. Um, so let's go ahead and go Will Levis to the Indianapolis Colts ratio. But I'm I'm not going to – like, wow. there's nothing the Colts can do that would excite me, like, personally. Like, they, I'm I'm in total prove-it-terror. Like, they've got to win 10 games before I start taking them seriously. Uh, so – and that might not even be enough uh, for a playoff spot. Um, wow. So, anyway, uh, so we are four picks in. The Seattle Seahawks are up next. Jeremy, I know you're bored. Uh, but this is uh, this is Pete Sweeney's territory. Pete, what are you doing with the uh, the Denver Broncos selection? That was yours, actually. So this this went from one of your teams to the other. Yes, yes. I am the GM of the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Seahawks, among other teams today. And we saw Will Anderson already go off the board. And I, I think, look, people were sleeping on Geno. Before last year, we we feel like we have enough there with with Geno, and we're going to stick with it. We're going to take an edge player from Texas Tech. We're going to go Tyree Wilson. Would have been nice to to get Anderson, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go and take Tyree Wilson. You have made my job interesting, Pete. Uh, well, because the, so you're on the clock now, Jeremy, for the Lions. Yeah, that's <laughs> so correct. Like, uh, um, <laughs> this is um, well. First of all, how are your emotions here? Because this is the the Matthew Stafford pick. Like, is the, is there like a right. pressure to like 
this really has to be something like, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're withdrawing the bond, you know, speaking of grandfather that our grandfather <laughs> gave us and, and we've got to make great use out of it. We can't just like burn this on nothing like this. You paid a deep price for this. I think the pressure is more that this team now feels like they are ready to compete. And so you're not going to have a top six pick in the next couple of years, assuming everything goes right. And that's the opportunity that you don't want to mess up on. I don't think anyone's really drawn back to, oh, this is this is a Matthew Stafford pick. Maybe you have to go and get Anthony Richardson to, to be that quarterback that you, you gave away. Um, I do think it's in the conversation, especially if Richardson slips. I think the conversation is a little bit stronger if, if Stroud tends to fall, which in some recent mocks, that, that's what's happening. Um, but I, I think they're going to have to pass on quarterback here. Um, as, as tempting as Anthony Richardson is, the question now becomes, do you go with one of the top corners, whether it's Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez, or Jalen Carter is sitting there, man. And, you know, if it was up to me, he's a perfect hit. I, defensive tackle is, is the team's biggest need. They haven't had a disruptor up the middle since Indomitian Sue. But I, the more I look at Jalen Carter, the more I hear about Jalen Carter, it just does not strike me as a Dan Campbell guy. Like there, and there's, there's too many character, like football character is so important with this team that I don't think they're going to take the risk uh, with a guy like Jalen Carter. And people are already bringing up like, Oh, well they took a risk on Jamison Williams and that didn't pay off. So now they're not going to do it with Jalen Carter. I don't, I don't think those two are related. I think they're going to take each one case by case, but the more I hear about Jalen Carter, the more I see, like, I don't think he's that guy. I don't think he's, he's going to be the guy that gives it all his all on every Sunday. And so I'm going to I'm going to go against my own heart here and kind of go with my brain here and I think Devin Witherspoon in the corner out of Illinois is is the pick here because that guy is Dan Campbell front to back um a, a willing tackler a physical corner I I think he's everything that the Lions want I think that's well said um my only question is does last Friday's news even to a like a non-zero quantity push you further in this direction, like push you further away from Jalen Carter. Like if it, you know what I'm saying? Like if it weren't for the, the yeah. news on Friday would, you know, like I'm not saying the house is out of order or anything like that, but you right. know, it's, it's just, I think that's, that's going to be the conversation with the lines on the clock on Thursday night. Yeah. I think that'll be, but yeah. And, and I would, I would even say picking um, Jameson was a little bit off center for the lines that he wasn't necessary. I mean, he's, he's a tireless worker. He's a football dude. He got a targeting penalty on a punt return. Um, so in that essence, he is a Dan Campbell guy, but I think in terms of just like his off field character was a little bit different than he normally goes. Um, and so, yeah, I think Jalen Carter, again, I think, I think they're going to take it case by case. I don't think they're going to get dissuaded just because they, you know, there might be an issue with Jameson and, and I don't even want to bury the kid's career before it's even started. Um, but listen, Brad Holmes, the Lions GM has been, evaluating college players for decades now. It's, it's the only job he's known in the NFL. So I don't think one thing is going to dissuade him necessarily. I think it's just, I don't see it with Jalen Carter specifically. Mm. All right. Pete Tweedy, you're up next for the Kansas. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who is the chief's little brother. Like if you had to pick one specifically, cause I think it's the Raiders, but there's a lot of nominees. <laughs> I think it's become, I hate to say it, become the Chargers. It, I think it's become the Buffalo. Oh, the Buffalo Bills. Wow. Jay Spence, I hope you heard that. My goodness. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills want to be the Chiefs. All they think about is beating the Chiefs in the big game. I know they've done it in the regular season. and They, they can't seem to, to get it done. They were thinking about the Chiefs so much last year, they forgot they had to play the Bengals. So <laughs> that, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> okay. All right. So as the, as the, the Raiders pick here, 
we would have liked to see Tyree Wilson fall. We would have liked to see Witherspoon here, but look, we could also use a defensive tackle. And if we're picking at number seven, why not go with a guy that's going to be a Raiders guy, right? We, <laughs> we, we see a, a grinder there in the middle. So the Jalen Carter fall doesn't last too long because of some of that off the field stuff. We'll take uh, Jalen Carter here. And, you know, I've said it before in this this podcast for 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 good or for bad, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this is just the reality of the NFL. So long as Jalen Carter stays the path and he wins some games for whatever team, this is going to be a, a thing that is forgotten. It's just the nature of the league. And I, I think the Raiders might have a steal here by letting Carter fall to seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Pete. It's hard to see. I mean, you're talking about arguably the best player in the draft, um, you know, if, if we're yeah. just talking about football. Um, and so. You know, Mark Davis feels like somebody who can withstand that. Um, I mean, Josh McDaniels feels like somebody who is fine going along for whatever ride. Um, so, all right. Uh, well done. Um, so uh, let's see here. We are up to now. Rachel, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, your second team are on the clock. Um, what would you like to do? And also, what are your thoughts on bananas? Excuse me, not bananas. Uh, on pancakes versus waffles. Which do you prefer and why? Team waffles all day. If I'm going to brunch, I'm getting <laughs> waffles with the berries on top, strawberries, blueberries. Uh, pancakes. I'm just not a pancakes girl. Never really have been. And so, yeah, waffles are better. Thanks. Good call. Underrated. Chicken uh, chicken on waffles and then ice cream on waffles. Very good. Nobody's ever heard of those things. Thank you, Pete, for the super unique ideas. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> okay, so with the Falcons at number eight, I was leaning towards Devin Witherspoon, but Jeremy took him, and so definitely wow. gonna lean with the gonna stick with the cornerback need. Maybe somebody's calling you to make a trade, Rachel. Maybe that's no. It could have been. Could have been it. But I'm gonna stick with. Christian Gonzalez, that was my second pick other than Witherspoon. Uh, just somebody to go on the other side of like AJ Terrell. They just uh, released Casey Hayward Jr. on Friday. And so I'm going to still stick with a cornerback. And that's who I'm going to go with uh, from Oregon. Okay. I mean, I don't think that's a bad pick um, by any stretch. Um, he's, you know, sorry, Jeremy, maybe the cleanest corner maybe the most polished the prettiest one um if you My care man about that. just took a bath didn't they <laughs> um so i mean yeah that's uh one way to look at it do you feel are you worried jeremy that christian gonzalez emerges as the better corner if you if you do if the lions do take Devin Witherspoon? i mean yes and no ultimately just matters how your guy does i, I think i look at like the panay sewell draft right rashawn slater mm -hmm. was picked mm -hmm. later in that draft and had a really really good first couple of years of his career before this injury, I don't think the lines are blinking twice about taking Panay Sewell. So as long as Devin Witherspoon works out, like I could care less how Christian Gonzalez does. Wow. Well, and also Rashawn Slater doesn't have uh, any career receptions to his name true. in the way that Panay Sewell does. Uh, so, Absolutely true. You know, who's the real loser here? Um, okay. So um, <laughs> let's go. Jeremy, you are on the yeah. clock once again for the Chicago Bears. This is the pick they traded down to, um, obviously out of the number one overall slot. Yeah, I think um, they, they got a ton of needs, uh, I, I would say specifically on both lines. Uh, but considering we've already seen three defensive linemen go, I think, in this draft, let's move over to the offensive line. Uh, line the Bears have their pick of the litter here. I think the cleanest prospect, the one that the Bears have done the most research on, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Protect your your franchise quarterback, who I think the, the Bears still think they have. So I think this is a pretty easy pick for them. I think uh, the board kind of fell perfectly for them there. 
Yeah, I mean, you get the top offensive lineman. Um, you look like a genius because you got DJ Moore. You got the future draft <laughs> capital. Um, times are good. Um, the NFC North, soon enough, will run through Chicago. Am I right, Jeremy? Yeah, soon enough, maybe four or five years down the line when after the lines of like put their three Lombardis to the side. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see here. Um, I am up next. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles own the 10th overall pick because the New Orleans Saints are a bunch of dummies um, and decided to trade up last year for no identifiable reason. Um, this is a spot for Jalen Carter if he manages to fall. I think this is a, a spot for either of the top two corners. Jeremy Rachel, you've taken both of them. Um, this is a spot for Peter Skoransky at a Northwestern, I think, if the Eagles want to continue to build through their trenches. Um, this is a spot I think the entire internet wants us to believe for Bijan Robinson as well. Um, so I can't decide where I want to go here. Um, I should mention and plug that uh, BLG and I are going to do a mock for the NFC East on this week's episode of the NFC East mixtape. Um, so that being said, um, let's just do it. Bijan Robinson. I mean, at the, at the very least, like I, I want to see it. I, I want to see what this looks like. I'd be super terrified of it, obviously from a Cowboys perspective. Um, uh, but I would be very interested to see if the Eagles could reignite the value of the running back position, um, in the modern NFL, just after all of the collapse that we've seen it have over the course of the last five years, basically the life of the contract that the Dallas Cowboys gave to Ezekiel Elliott. So, um, Bijan Robinson, the, Freshly paid Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Um, best offense in the NFL, right, Pete? Patrick Mahomes can't beat that. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of fear that is struck into the Kansas City Chiefs when the Eagles go and take Robinson. I've told you this, and I, I apologize to BLG and Eagles fans. It feels like a one-hit wonder to me. I, I, you know, I, I do not think that the Eagles will be back. I think now that Hurts is, is paid and they've seen a lot of their critical players go elsewhere and – Suddenly, the the NFC East is one of the better divisions in football again. Look, is it impossible? No, I I think you can get there, but it's it's just a tough road. It's it's tough to repeat. I mean, it, it only certain teams can host five straight conference <laughs> title games. You know what I mean? You know what? Pete, every word you said was so wonderful and perfect in every conceivable way. I'm sorry for all the the shots mm-hmm. that I took before uh, in, in the first 28 minutes of yes. this episode. You didn't deserve this. Um, you're um, you're a delicate flower, <laughs> no. and I want to protect you um, in that way. So okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> and so, look, you just made the case for skill position players, and every team needs them. The Titans are are included in that. But over the weekend, we got some rumblings. The Titans are on the clock. That's, that's the segue you're making. Um, so you're up next for the available Titans. for trade. And here I am at number eleven, and you're telling me that I don't even need to use any of my future picks to go up and get potentially the most exciting player. In the 2023 NFL draft, we will take Anthony Richardson. I know there's a lot of mystery here surrounding Richardson, but look, it is just too valuable of a pick to have Richardson fall right into your lap and you don't even need to use any future trade value. So you forego the skill position players, you get the number one position that that's important and you have another situation 
uh, right now in Tennessee, where it remains to be seen if Ryan Tannehill is going to mentor Richardson, mentor gate part two. Remember, he didn't have any interest in, in helping out Lake Willis. Um, wow. Uh, okay. Well, Anthony Richardson in Tennessee is something that I think I would love to see the Titans be competitive again. I don't know why. Like I kind of have a soft spot for the Titans. Um, you know, so we'll see. Uh, but okay. Uh, I think this is a, I think this is a quarterback either way. Pete. I don't think we see all four go before 11. Do you agree, Jeremy? I think so. Yeah. Unless you see Tennessee get aggressive and try to trade up. I think, I think that right. makes the most sense. Either yeah. way, though, like Tennessee's taking the fourth one, unless they're just yeah. in love with the non Bryce Young or Texans quarterback, if the Texans take one. Um, but yeah, it does feel like Tennessee's walking away from this thing um, with a first round quarterback. So, OK, the Titans have their quarterback of the future. We'll see what happens with Ryan Tannehill, future uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback. I don't know. Um, Rachel, you are back on the clock. Speaking of, this is Houston's pick by way of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so earlier. Um, you address the defensive extent. You took you took CJ Stroud, so you have your quarterback of the future uh, for the Houston Texans. So what do you want to do now? I'm gonna go with the defensive side of the ball. I'm actually very very surprised that here we have the Eagles going with Bijan Robinson. Did not see that one coming. Don't think it's gonna happen. But because of what just happened, I think that the Texans are gonna end up going with Nolan Smith. Whoa. Oh, that's a good one. Edge <laughs> from Vegas. <laughs> Rachelle's already alluding to giving herself. Um, that's well done, Rachelle. Yeah. It's really hard to see a way that the Texans mess this up, right? Like, like I don't I feel like yeah. you know, on Thursday night at midnight, whatever it is, Eastern, and there's like these immediate draft grades coming out, like the Texans are gonna be at the very top. Um, you know, even if they do not mm-hmm. take a quarterback, although you obviously did, Rachel. So uh well done. Yeah. Um, I'm up back to back picks, uh, because the New York Jets are up before the New England Patriots, although this certainly could wind up being the Green Bay Packers pick. Does anybody think that? Pete or, or Jeremy, do you think that this pick, 13 overall, that currently belongs to the Jets? Is in any way the Green Bay Packers is on Thursday night, or do you think any potential Aaron Rodgers compensation does not include this pick? I think I mean it could it could involve a, a swap, right? The Packers are fifteen, so maybe they may move up, and then you get a couple seconds or something like that. But I don't think they're just going to give up their first round pick. I don't think the Jets are, are. I don't think the Jets are giving up their first round pick. I just I don't think that it, it's happening, and I I think it's going to be a scenario where Green Bay eventually is going to say to themselves like let's let's just solve this problem and and be done with it or you know I'm I'm moving right now and you know right and as you're moving and and this is kind of related to it like you start saying well I want to keep this and this and you're going through it at the beginning and you're very detailed and then by the end of it you just are like I just need to get this s out of my house (laughs) and throw everything out and we'll, we'll get back what we you know whatever I just need to be done with this and I think that's where the Packers end up and I, I think the Jets win this super chicken stalemate thing. Well, that got me really excited to pick for this team. Um, so I could totally see, um, like, like we're nobody's picking. Like, I'm going to take Broderick Jones, just to be very clear um, here. That makes sense, right? Like, it feels very um, Tristan Wirfs to the Bucks when Tom Brady joined them sort of situation. Um, but I would not be stunned if we just see, like, total, complete compliance to the Aaron Rodgers way of life. Um, if this is Zay Flowers or Jackson Smith and Jigba, if it's just like, I don't care how many toys I have, I want more. I never had any. The Packers never helped me out. I am a victim. I never had anything in Green Bay. So give me everything here now with the New York Jets. Uh, but that being said, I, I think Roger Jones makes the most sense. Um, so I will now pick for the New England Patriots. I got to be honest, this is maybe the biggest struggle I have um, of my 10 teams, um, just because 
what is like what what is this this is one of the most boring teams in the nfl like does, does, do the patriots at all excite anybody or not even excite like do they it frustrate you like they just exist that's who they are at this point in time like what, what do the patriots have going on that you find enjoyable pete what do the patriots have um that i find enjoyable <laughs> well the end of this reign of terror potentially i think the most interesting thing about the new england patriots is for the first time there's smoke around bill belichick's job and i would be fascinated to see if they have one of these middling years what ends up happening next offseason I, I it's crazy right because we we were replaced maybe two years ago definitely three where look bill belichick is going to go out on his own terms where now it's strangely up in the air so to me that that's the most interesting thing about the new england patriots and if you just want to go by this year it's are they going to really move on from mac jones right so there's there's some smoke there as well jeremy any passionate thoughts on the patriots i think it's it's the same it's it's their dysfunction is kind of fascinating i mean the the decisions they made on the offensive side of the ball with with coaching last year and how that all blew up in their face now matt patricia is, is somehow hanging out with darius slay in in new england now or i'm sorry in philly now um that that just seems like such a non-Patriots thing. Like every every risk that the Patriots had taken on for the past twenty years is just like, oh yeah, it, it ends up working out. They're fine. Um, mm -hmm. But they took a huge risk on the offensive side of the ball, and everything blew up. And they're still kind of feeling the residual effects of that, where they are thinking about moving on from Mac Jones, and that's a that's a huge fall from grace, even for Mac Jones. Like it, not like the Patriots were on top of the AFC the previous year, but they were still looking like, oh wow, they're still somehow doing this balancing act of re you know reloading after tom brady and they're still okay and now all of that good graces has fallen out and it's it's fascinating so how are you going to save them um i really have no interest in it uh, if i'm being honest with you um so i don't think we mentioned we are using pro football networks draft simulator so a big thank you to them but i am personally using dane brugler's top 100 draft board so i'm just going to take the highest player on the board like that's just kind of like a a, a you know you know, fence riding thing, but I'm taking Lucas Van Ness. I mean, it's just, there's, there's nothing that, that they can do that I feel like is the best uh, utilization of anything. Um, so I'm just, you know, pl I'm playing it safe. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm laying up. So uh, that's my pick. Uh, Jeremy, you are up next on behalf of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a new era in Green Bay. Uh, yes. by, by The assumption Aaron Rodgers is gone now. Now you don't have to fear handing your quarterback a wide receiver in the first round and your quarterback poisoning his mind. So we, we have finally turned the page. We have finally decided, you know what? Investing in wide receivers early is smart. As long as you don't have a D bag as your quarterback, Jackson wow. Smith and Jigba, you are oh. a green Bay Packer. The irony, and many have pointed this out. Um, <laughs> if they finally take a first round receiver, um, like the moment he's gone would just be, incredible theater um yeah. so um i would love this uh i'm slated to speak with jsn this week on the blog of the voice podcast network um he is a dallas local so i would kind of hate this on some level jeremy so screw you i would do yeah. right. <laughs> um wow you know mike a lot of mike mccarthy connection there rj i don't know if you've noticed what's your problem pete like what's you know what's what's your deal um anyway uh the uh the washington commanders are up next at 16 overall can we get it uh, for old time's sake peter w f t f t w f t all right w f that's enough that's enough anyway w uh, so you know if we saw a, an anthony I'm back, I'm, 
I'm back on the FT, by the way, because Eric Bieniemy is there now, and so let's go FT. If we I'm saw sorry, go ahead, uh, no, an Anthony Richardson fall this far, I think that's the answer. Like, miss me with the Sam Howell stuff. Mm. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, oh, similarly, how 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 is that like a thing? Do people do that? Um, I really don't know. But anyway, um, Joey Porter Jr. I would hate this because he's so awesome. Mm. He's NFL legacy. I just. I mean, it does seem like the franchise is uh, is headed in a better place just because it's impossible to continue heading in, in this direction, uh, presuming the ownership goes through. Um, so this, to me, is Terry McLaurin on the defensive side of the ball, a super talented player. Um, I know that there are people have their qualms, whatever, blah, blah. No, like this is this is simple. And people are going to feel like they overlooked this. How did we miss this? How did we take Devin Witherspoon when Joey Porter Jr. was sitting right there? Uh, so give me Joey Porter Jr. to the Washington Commanders. Um, you've got to find a way, if you're the Commanders, to combat what, Dallas and Philly and New York are doing. You were the only one of those three that was not in the divisional round last season. So um, I'll take him and I'll feel really good about it. So Jeremy, you speaking of Joey Porter, you're up next. Yeah, you have broken the hearts of Steelers fans who were just waiting for Joey Porter to fall right in their laps. And if that, again, that feels like maybe one of the more obvious connections in the NFL, but there is a question whether he's going to fall there. Uh, and so the fact that you have ruined Steelers lives, I got to go back mm. to the drawing board here. And I want to go. By the with, way, Jeremy, uh, you're up. You're up three picks in a row. I don't know if you realize this. Uh, I, I kind of <laughs> realize that. So I'm. I'm. Okay. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, okay. This is your moment. So for for the Steelers here, uh, I'm going to go with kind of more of a personal favorite than maybe on on some people big big board. You got to protect Kenny Pickett, your your guy, uh, and Darnell Wright, the the offensive tackle out of Tennessee, to me is a guy that wouldn't surprise me if he's the first offensive tackle off the board. That's how good I really think he is. He's a guy who shut down Will Anderson uh, quite completely uh, in, in their previous matchup. So to me, I think this is a really smart pick. I think this is a, a incredible value pick. So uh, give me Dar um, Darnell Wright here at 17 overall. Ooh. Which sucks because I also pick. really like him for the 18th overall pick for the for my Detroit Lions here. and. I've left myself in kind of a tough position here too, because I really think the corners are good value here, but the lines just took a corner. Uh, so I think I'm just going to go again, go more based on best player available. And I think miles Murphy out of Clemson pair him up with Aiden Hutchinson. Suddenly you got a whole new pass rush in the NFC North, a new reign of terror, I would say upon that division. Uh, and, and we know the lines like to build through. I mean, they've already made, four or five draft picks in Brad Holmes's two years on the defensive line in the first two days. So just throw another one on yeah. the pile. Um, quick pause here, Jeremy. So you went Devin Witherspoon with the first Lions pick and you just took yep. Miles Murphy. Um, yep. I mean, I'm, I'm certain you've done this exercise many times yourself, but would you rather have that duo or Jalen Carter? And if we're just a little bit optimistic, Joey Porter Jr.? If, if we're just going on what I personally want, I, I want Jalen Carter to work out. And so I would take that. I would take him and and whether it's, I take, I take a lot of corners here. Like Deontay Banks is another guy that I really, really like. Sure. So if, if, if Joey Porter is gone and so, I mean, I think Jalen Carter, Deontay Banks is probably as close to an ideal draft. As long as everything works out. I just don't think the lines are going to test it with, with Jalen Carter. It does feel like Jalen Carter is the inflection point that's going to spawn a lot of people's yeah. like, you know, he, he is the the one true butterfly effect. Have you seen that movie, Pete? I love the butterfly effect. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, uh, your third pick in a row on behalf of the Buccaneers. Yeah, this one, uh, again, 
kind of tough because it feels like the Buccaneers are, are reloading and maybe they're just a team that has so many needs that they'll do whatever the heck they want here. Um, so I think maybe I have to go back to looking at best need. And you know what? I'm looking best need, best value this early in, in the draft. You go offensive line again. Kind of surprising to see Peter Skaronsky still on the board. So I think the Bucks take him. Feel pretty darn good about getting a, a long-term tackle right here. Okay. Um, Pete, you're back on the clock. We were at pick 20 overall. Um, that was the first pick mm-hmm. uh, that Jimmy just made of the, of the playoff teams uh, last year with the Buccaneers. So uh, the Seattle Seahawks, this is their true first-round pick, not the one that they um, were owed thanks to Russell Wilson. So um, I already forgot what you did with the Seahawks early on because um, it meant so much to me. Well, we were <laughs> – we were considering a, a quarterback at at number five, but we love Gino. I mean, I as 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 I get ready to make this pick, I just want to say that we respect Gino. He's really turned this franchise around way better than Russ Wilson. What a a steal, a a heist that we had in in sending Russ Wilson to the Broncos and getting that pick. Wilson will help with getting the Seahawks back to their identity of having a, a solid defense. But here we are at number twenty. And a quarterback that we've already been linked to is sitting there for us. And we didn't even have to make a move. And it's Hendon Hooker. Mm. And I, I think, okay, you have a situation here where we can groom Hooker because some people think that he's more raw than those top four quarterbacks. And we don't pick again until 37. I don't really want to risk the the idea of maybe having him fall or needing to trade up from there. So we got our edge player. And now we have our quarterback of the future who can sit a year and learn from the ultimate good guy in Geno Smith. Mm. It was Tyree Wilson who you took with that Broncos pick. So a Wilson for Wilson swap, um, so to speak. Uh, Hendon Hooker Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, Jeremy, do you buy it? Like, there's a lot of chatter. And, like, it feels like the the Vogue thing to be the, like, NFL draft analyst and be like, Hendon Hooker's my QB1. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like there's too much of that popping up right now. No offense to Hendon Hooker, obviously. Right. To me, he's such a tough evaluation, and a lot of people have, have pointed as, as a possible pick for the Lions there at 18 since they're they can afford some time to to let this guy you know get healthy but also he's come from Tennessee where that offense is just not pro style at all so it's going to require a lot of projection a lot of confidence in your coaching staff to be able to get this guy ready to be a, a long-term guy but the physical traits are there right it's 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 that whole debate that you have that you had with Malik Willis last year is like will the physical traits project to the NFL. And, and granted, Hendon Hooker has a lot of production in the SEC, where obviously a, a guy like Malik Willis didn't. But again, it's a very quarterback-friendly system. It's going to be a long conversion, I think, where he might he's definitely not going to start this year with the ACL. Next year, I think, is still into question too. But you do have Geno Smith there, so maybe this is a good landing spot for him. Okay. Uh, well done. So next, uh, Pete, once again, the LA chargers. So, uh, we established the Raiders. We're not the yeah. little brother of the Kansas city chiefs. Um, are the chargers right. and Raiders like distant cousins that come over for Thanksgiving and get pushed at the kids table. That's like the fold up one. I think the chargers and, and, and Raiders have, have still a little bit of respect because they've been able to make the postseason even as the chiefs have won seven straight division titles. And, they're just never a, a, a real threat. I, I don't know. I think you're right. I think children's table and the cousins make make a little bit of sense. But speaking of those Chiefs, you know, I, I consider defense here for the Los Angeles Chargers. There's a number of edge players on on the board that make sense. Will McDonald and, and Keon White. But look, we got Khalil Mack. We got Joey Bosa. You know what we have? Some receivers who can't stay on the damn field. And how are we supposed to beat 
the Chiefs ever, right, who have all this offensive firepower, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen through, what, six years of, of his career. How are we going to beat the Chiefs? Not with old Keenan Allen, who it's a coin flip if, he, if he's going to play. Did Mike Williams suffer an injury last week? Because it feels like every week we're wondering what Mike Williams' status is going to be. So let's get some young, fresh legs in that room in L.A. Let's get Jordan Addison in that powder blue Charger jersey. And let's give Justin Herbert a, a go-to guy when it comes to finding a way to counteract those, those pesky Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. So we've had two receivers go off the board. Is that correct? Yeah. JSN yep. and Adjo. Really? I mean, Zay Flowers survives the first two wide receiver picks. That's interesting, given all of the hype over the course of the last week. Wow. Um, Jordan Addison on the Chargers. Does it move the needle for you at all? I, I'm I'm so out on the Chargers. Like, like do do something. Do anything. <laughs> yeah, like, to just, like, yeah, like, I'm whatever. Like, I'm miss me with the, like, Chargers Twitter mania. Like, I'm not here for it. Well, you're, that's because you hate Kellen Moore, right? Mm. You know, to be fair, um, my like newfound disdain for the Chargers existed before Kellen Moore, and I did okay. not want the Cowboys to move on from Kellen Moore. Uh, but now that's like perpetuated the uh, the syndrome for me. This this kind of area of the draft is really interesting to me because I think you can make wide receiver an argument for the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Vikings. So this this next three run starting at twenty one feels like it could be literally wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, um, and that's that's what I'll do for the Ravens here. Um, and Rachel's watching DMFWP hangs in the bounce. That's right. Um, so that's that's a good point. And I'm a two time returning champion here, so I got to do it right. Um, <laughs> back to let back. Me, let me mind melt here and see what she's thinking. Um, and if you want to give me like a little like nod by scrolling up and down on the screen, maybe that'll help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think I'll go with Zay Flowers. I think he's probably the best fit for what the Ravens want. And I know obviously you have Odell Beckham there, mm. but long-term need here uh you're drafting for long term as always i think a lot of people who create mock drafts forget this sometimes some gms forget this you are drafting for the long term odell beckham is not going to be around forever so get yourself as a flowers so that you have someone to come up in place and and now ravens fans don't need to worry about adding wide receiver every offseason um Wow, this is a bummer because uh, I'm somehow hoping that Zay Flowers makes it a few more picks down the road. Uh, Zay Flowers also slated nope. to join the Blog and the Boys podcast network this week as well. Um, wow. Uh, Rachel, is this why you, you wanted to do own, a mock draft? Just plug your uh, podcast all the whole time? It's our podcast and it's all <laughs> of us. We're one oh, big right. family here. Uh, but, um, you know, whatever. Um, we are we, we are family. Got all my sisters and me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how the song goes. That's a great pick. Um, and this, like, you could just see, like, the, you know, the, like, the right wide receiver run, you know, like, that, like, the somebody's going to make the joke, like, if this pick is made, like, that sound you hear is Lamar Jackson getting up off his couch to go back to work at the Ravens facility. He's got to be <laughs> loving this, like, whatever. Um, Jeremy, I somehow missed this. You're up three times in a row again. Uh, so That's right. For the, the, the Vikings now. Um, so you mentioned yeah. receiver as an option here. There has been chatter that the Vikings could jump up with the Texans at two, that they're in love with Will Levis or whoever the case may be. Obviously, we didn't do that. So presuming they stay here, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, at, at this point, no quarterback is certainly worthy of the pick. I think Hendon Hooker would have been a, a nice match here uh, had he still been on the, it's been, uh, still been on the board. Um, again, I'm going to draft for the future here. And I really, really love Alabama's safety, Brian Branch. Get that guy to learn behind Harrison Smith, and he's mm. going to fill his role 
long-term. He is going to be the next all-pro safety in Minnesota. Uh, maybe not an immediate need, and I know Vikings fans are maybe holding on to this theory that they're they're clinging on to, to last year and, and might have a chance to still win the division, make a deep run in the playoffs, but I think they need to start thinking future, and so think of a Harrison Smith wow. replacement. Brian Branch is that dude. Mm. Um, safeties. We've seen a safety and a running back go in the first round. What a what a spit in the face at you know analytics and um, everything that they I'm offer shocked. today's. I am I'm I was shocked by that. <laughs> by the safety I'm pick. Sure you are. Why is it that's? I mean, it's the running back. I'm just shocked. You know? He can it's play like, some nickel too. I'm just. Sh- I know. I'm just. I'm shocked. You know. I'm saying like it's like taking taking an off ball linebacker. You know what I mean? What are you doing here? Unless they turn into Micah Parsons. <laughs> OBL. You know. Uh, anyway. Um, okay, Jeremy, you are up for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is your final non-Northern pick. Yeah. Um, let me go back to a guy that, I, that I've already mentioned that I'm shocked to see this this low, and, and part of it is my own doing since I've made the past three picks. Uh, Deontay Banks, corner out of Maryland. Maryland. Uh, Maryland, uh, as some people like to say. Maryland. <laughs> um, listen, the, the Jaguars, their, their offense starting to take off. Got to fix the defense, though, and, and good value here from your <clears throat> position for those that are sticklers about what position you're drafting in the first round. Uh, I think Deontay Banks is is a perfect pick here. Um, I'm fine with that. Um, is that. Do you have a passionate take, Pete, on this? Does anybody care about the Jaguars, or are they a fleeting moment as well? Well, I just think what is interesting about Banks when you pull up the numbers is the 4-3-5. You have these... Uh, receivers in the NFL now that have blazing speeds and it's it's really tough to get someone to keep up with them and man you know I've seen in Kansas City leaning into the 40-yard dash for cornerbacks and it's it's worked out so it's pretty good value here I, I think at, at number 24 and as we're doing this exercise this is the, the first you know real first round mock draft that, that we do and you know when you're picking 31 32 thank you Dolphins so it's you know you're one ahead you know, do a ton of mock drafts. So uh, it, it is interesting to see some of the p- value players that are dropping here. And I, I actually like this pick. Um, I am up for three picks in a row, um, AKA the Jeremy special. Uh, so first up, I've got the New York giants um, and Jeremy, I think, um, I think you're right in that a lot of NFL front offices don't build for the future. I think they focus on the, the bandaid that they applied at a certain position. They're like, we're good. We don't have to figure this out. Um, what I'm about to do, I think is probably worst case scenario in this particular mock uh for the cowboys because cowboys have been linked to michael mayer over and over and over and over again uh but the giants i know they traded for darren waller i mean are we really putting all of our like they gave up nothing for darren waller so to speak and so are they really putting all their eggs out like they've put all their eggs in daniel jones saquon barkley's probably gone next season um so you need to surround him with offensive pass catchers uh daniel jones that is so i will take notre dame tight end michael mayer and bum myself out um Really upset about that. Pete, you grew up a Giants fan. How do you feel about this? I think it is a silly pick. <laughs> and if you're going to trade for Darren Waller, I think you try to address other needs with that topic, in my opinion. Because I, I think when you make that trade, you hope to be getting the resurgence of Waller. And I think you're betting on that. And so I I might have, if I was the Giants GM, I, I might have went uh, you know, elsewhere. Um, Jamie, break the tie, I guess, uh, here on the Michael Mayer to New York pick. Uh, I mean, the fact that he's the first tight end off the board, and I know a lot of people, especially in Detroit, don't love first round tight ends. Uh, it's good value here. Um, 
<laughs> don't hassle the hawk right. is what I always well, say. Eric Ebron, Eric Ebron, yes, yeah. the Giants there's, don't love there's... it either. I mean, you know, Evan Ingram yeah. didn't exactly work out for them. Yeah, I, but I, I like that you're saying you're doing it for the future because it doesn't feel like an immediate need. I'm just curious how much Giants fans and maybe that front office think that like there's a window here and we need to get something that's maybe more impactful day one. So you side with Pete? I guess, yeah. I think you both smell. How about that? <laughs> um, so I would have loved I that pick, this pick for the smell lovely. Uh, yeah, I would have loved Michael Mayer to fall. Um, that's kind of the one position that Dallas hasn't addressed this offseason. They let Dalton Schultz walk, which I don't think anybody lost sleep over. Um, they have last year's fourth round sensation, Jake Ferguson um, out of Wisconsin, um, who was promising as a rookie uh but i don't know that it's worth betting on dalton kincaid is another name that the cowboys have been linked to over and over and over again um and once upon a time you know i mean y'all know how this process is like you tweet out like a favorite name in you know late february and people are like he's never gonna be there whatever like you know i, I remember people felt that way about jalen hyatt like now nobody's even like considering jalen hyatt in the first round right now and a similar name uh, was Quentin Johnston. And and I think if if the Cowboys are focused on building towards the future, focused on surrounding Dak Prescott, yes, you could go in the Dalton Kincaid direction. Um, but Michael Gallup has not really panned out since the Cowboys gave him a new contract last year. Yes, they have Brandon Cooks now, uh, probably on the team next season as well. They have CeeDee Lamb, whose fifth-year option they picked up last week. They'll get a long-term deal done with him sooner rather than later, hopefully. But I don't know how you pass up this value. Again, once upon a time, it was like there's no way that Quentin Johnson is going to fall out of like 11-12 range. And so to get him here um, at 26, I think, is a huge win. For what it's worth in the community mock draft that we do across SB Nation, Quentin Johnston was the pick for the Dallas Cowboys that our staff assembled. Uh, so I will take him. A uh, local guy, obviously, at TCU. Very Des Bryant-like uh, in terms of physical qualities. Uh, the same Des Bryant who once had one of the greatest catches of his career against the Detroit Lions, James. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just going to uh, let it slide. I'm how, just going to let it slide. How dare me would be to bring up that uh, Des Bryant's first career playoff win was against the Detroit Lions. So, mm. um, yeah. Only um, or just first? Um, Actually, only. Um, oh. Wow. Good for him. Okay. How many do the Lions have, Jeremy? How about that? <laughs> uh, so, um, anyway, um, I am up now for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and I think the Bills are not catching up. I've said that before here on Monday Football Monday. Like, what, Pete, you brought it up. Like, they're, they're not just the Chiefs' little brother. They're like the NFL's little brother. Like, the Bills to me are, are screaming, like, how come we're not, you know, getting more primetime games? How come we're not the center of, of things? How come we don't have Josh Allen on the cover images of all the graphics and all the, promos and things like mm -hmm. that like what have the how have the bills gotten better this offseason that's my question what 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 have you, they done that has you, made you feel like they even moderately closed the gap you are are peeing to the sea <laughs> my friend <What>? because <laughs> this is the this is the team that that to me always has the hype and it's it's died down a little bit after the loss to the the Bengals. i think this offseason but it it, it is it is so I don't know if the, it's a lovable playoff loser type of thing, but the, it's it's continually a team that that takes no heat and is always a, a team. It's like, oh, we love the Bills. And, you know, I understand you have all the, the off the field stuff with with DeMar Hamlin. And of course, everyone is rooting for Hamlin, loves the comeback story. Well, we're going to be monitoring that. And that, you know, I'm almost saying that aside because that's such a great, great thing. But the accountability of like, OK, we have Josh Allen. He's the guy. What makes him the guy? What has made him the guy? What what big spot has he won I'm, in? I'm telling and you, look, like the, I don't want I don't want, look, I don't want Buffalo rumblings to go and 
and and, oh, and transcribe and every little thing I'm, I'm saying right now <laughs> and so you can get anger clicks so i'm gonna i'm gonna stop myself right there jeremy i'm gonna say one thing before i make my pick i believe that josh on is a top five quarterback you know yeah. top three is kind of i think the top three changes a lot like almost on a week-to-week basis but he's easily consensus top five quarterback you would absolutely build your franchise around him there's no qualms with who josh allen is as a player but i largely believe jeremy so obviously championships build your legacy you build a championship that's like an irrevocable thing right like you're you're you know you cannot be touched in, in a certain capacity for the rest of your life. But a similar sensation happens when you lose in a heroic way, when you're the martyr. And Josh Allen's divisional round loss to the Chiefs now two years ago elevated him from a legacy standpoint. That's that's my take. I think the way they lost that, oh, he didn't get the ball back. We have to change the rules because Josh didn't get to touch the ball again. They failed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like, and I fell for it myself last year. I was all in and I've, I've awakened myself. I'm awake. I'm walking. I'm talking. I'm drinking coffee. I'm eating waffles with Rachel and I'm not falling for it anymore, Jim. So what I'm hearing from you is that quarterbacks should be judged by their off, by their postseason performances, postseasons and wins and losses. Is that right? I don't think we are judging Josh Allen by that metric. I don't think that should be the case, but they floundered <laughs> in the playoffs. And again, they had a lot of things, you know, obviously going, we all recognize that, but like they were awful. I mean, and I'm a little bit jaded because around. I'm, I'm a little bit jaded because Dak Prescott took so much heat. Josh <laughs> Allen was Dak Prescott last year. I, I said this on Monday football Monday, they mm -hmm. blew that game to the Vikings. He had that fumble at the one yard line. Sure. He lost that game in overtime on an interception, but nobody says anything. And that is the true metric for how nobody really cares about them. Because if pe people don't talk about you losing, if you're a real thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, or I messed up my words, but you get my point. So um, that being said, how do you feel about my rant before I pick the bills? Uh, well, I, I, I think our, our pal Jay Spence doesn't want that type of talk representing him, <laughs> but we only have four, three slash four people on this podcast. So wow. it is what it is. I will take Dalton Kincaid. And I think that's the first positive step that the bills have made they need gabe davis wasn't it they need some sort of playmaker here uh, i mean dawson knox sorry about it they Just need help take it take a seat they need help in the receiver Hit the pine Quentin dawson. johnson was the last receiver i think worth considering here and so um that's it uh jeremy you are up for the aforementioned big brother Bengals. yeah this is this is a tricky one um, because again, like I think there's now been a run on a position that the, the Bengals were looking at tight end. Um, I still think the value is there if the if they would want to go um, with I, a guy that I like, Darnell Washington. I like a lot, but he's kind of more of the um, run blocking type. He's got some upside that I think maybe they didn't tap at, at Washington, uh, so he could be a receiving threat. But I think they want a true receiving threat out of the tight end position. So we're gonna. We're going to punt on that. And instead, Jonah Williams wants a trade. They need an offensive tackle. Let's go get ourselves mm. a mountain of a man in Daywan Jones, who is like, I don't know, six, Whoa. seven, three, forty, or whatever he is. Um, maybe a little bit of a, a reach here. Dan for Skipper me. size. Dan, that's right. Dan Skipper size. That's a deep cut for uh, non Lions fans. But yeah, I think, uh, again, maybe a little bit. Okay, six, eight, three, seventy four. I wasn't even close. He's bigger. Um, but yeah, I think Phil's a need gives you a little leeway here so that you can trade Jonah Williams without worrying about that and maybe pick up some, some extra draft day, day capital for that to, to maybe add a tight end later in this draft. 
Okay. I think that's a good pick. Uh, local pick, obviously, there uh, in the OHIO. Um, so good for the Bengals. Uh, Pete, you are up. Your final non-Western pick. Uh, you have the New Orleans Saints here. What do you want to do and why? You know, I, I think that there's a chance if, if this mock doesn't go in, in, in real life with all these skill players, these these pa- pass catchers going and these value guys that that the Saints could go with the tight end or receiver. But I, I think based upon the run that we just had here, you got to look elsewhere. And I think they end up going for an impact player on defense. And, you know, I'm looking. I know that a lot of people believe that that Foskey is going to go here, but I'm going to go with Will McDonald the fourth and i i think there is a chance that this could be a, a steal for the saints at, at number 29 if they don't move it move it all where you know a lot of people feel like this particular kid the upside is just tremendous i know that there's going to be like a little bit of a position switch that's tied to him when he's going to be coming off the edge primarily in the nfl um but i think the the saints go with the the, the classic cliche the, the bpa they would have liked to pass catcher but they go and get their their edge player and maybe work on that on day two um that's a good pick. I mean, anybody, you have a problem with that, Jeremy? You feel like the, the Saints finally got a first-round pick that we like, I guess, maybe? Yeah. Maybe, or is this, you know, um, uh, gosh, who is it? Um, the UTSA pass rusher that's signed with the Vikings this offseason. Um, Davenport? Marcus Davenport, yeah. Is this, does this give you those vibes in any way? A little bit. I mean, I think I'd, I'd rather them go – interior defensive line. I, I think beefing up the defensive line is definitely a priority for them this, this offseason. There's Kalijah Cansey out there. I, I have I'm wondering if someone is going to take that Aaron Donald quote unquote Aaron mm-hmm. Donald risk by by this point. I, I'd be surprised if he slips out of the first completely, but it looks like he's getting close there. Maybe Br- Brizzy um as well out of Clemson. Clemson guys are tough though. I feel like they're very hit or miss, but I still think this is a pretty good pick. Uh I agree with you. Um so the Eagles did not wind up with Jalen Carter um, the first time I had them around. I think if they did, uh, maybe they go Jameer Gibbs here. That's kind of a really popular way to mock them. Um, I like to mock the Eagles in a lot of ways, um, just so we're all clear on that. Um, but like- you mentioned the two <laughs> You mentioned the two options that I'm considering, Jeremy, Kalijah Cansey and Brian Brzee. I think if you're the Eagles, that's been your bread and butter. I mean, you obviously lost Javon Hargrave over the course of the offseason. you got to find a way to replace him. Um, and for purposes of self-promotion, I'm going to take Brian Brzee because he is also going to join the Blog of the Voice podcast network this week. Uh, so he is the newest member of the Philadelphia Eagles reigning NFC champions, although not for long, to Pete Sweeney's point. Pete, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Eagles in the game of all games. It was holding. Um, we all know that. We all saw it. It's all good. Uh, it's okay. You, right. you can call holding if it happens, you know, even if it's in an important moment. Um, especially it happens, you know, I say, especially <laughs> if it happens twice in the same play, right? Uh, you can call one of the two hold. Uh, Pete, the Chiefs are up. Um, the First time that the draft is being hosted at the home of the reigning world champions. This is going to be a great moment, obviously, for Chiefs fans. Um, To your point, the Dolphins kind of ruined the like 32nd overall pick, you know, lineup, narrative, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But metaphorically, it is the 32nd pick. uh, 31st um, in a true sense, numerical one, though. Who are the Chiefs taking and adding to their world champion squad? Well, I think, as you were mentioning, RJ, with the run we had, I believe it was in the twenties on wide receiver where you saw Zay flowers in and Quentin Johnson go oh, Johnson, go off the board. I think in, in real life where we do have trades, you could see the chiefs maybe trade up. They have 10 picks in this NFL draft. I do not think that they're going to finish with 10 and 
as they stay at 31 in, in this particular exercise, I think the pass catchers that they may have been interested in are off the board. I know there's been some buzz, I believe, with with Gibbs as of this morning from Sports Illustrated, Albert Albert Breer, but I don't think they're making the mistake of taking a running back with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and you have the seventh rounder, Isaiah Pacheco, big stage, yada, yada. A little bit of a boring pick, but I think it's one that the Chiefs need. And they go with Anton Harrison, left tackle out of Oklahoma. And look, you have Orlando Brown. He's going to the Bengals. As of right now, you're having... Jawan Taylor move from right tackle to left tackle. This allows Taylor to stay at right tackle and gives you a potential day one starter at left tackle. And it, and it becomes to, it, it turns into, I think one of the better young offensive lines in the NFL. And then the chiefs in, in this particular scenario would address that skill position player need on day two. It is boring, um, but it's practical <laughs> and it makes sense. Um, so good for you. Congratulations. Um, not a far trip, uh, for him, obviously for Anton, just to the, to the team facility. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, you might want to book a couple nights, uh, on that hotel a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? Anton? Uh, so anyway, uh, Jeremy, what was your favorite pick that you did not make in our first round? Oh, I have to compliment one of you guys. Um, Rachelle is eligible too. Remember that Rachelle that he didn't even consider you when, um, he was okay. uh, All right. We're doing this again. Um, I I I just kind of love the idea of Jalen Carter going to the Raiders. Like it it feels like that you know the bad boys are back, and and that's probably not a fair way to to describe Jalen Carter, but it, something about that feels like a a, a kismet, a a match made uh, in, in in heaven. What a word! Wow. <laughs> um, what a freaking word. My favorite pick that I did not make was actually Anthony Richardson to the Titans. I thought that was really interesting and i think i would love to see the afc south kind of come back uh pete you talked about how the nfc east is back like the afc south is a big joke last year so now all of a sudden um if this mock is correct the texans have cj stroud obviously the jaguars have trevor lawrence the colts have uh will levis and the titans so we've got the like 75 percent of the afc south gets a, a first round rookie quarterback here the old man in the street is trevor lawrence that's pretty wild when you really think about it um so good job there pete was your what was your favorite pick that you did not make well, I know I, we I wish both I could complimented pick you, by the way. So, I, like, you know, maybe what I got from the Seahawks, what I what I was able to do for Seattle, okay. as far as to the, this year and the future, just an amazing job by me. I like Jeremy hanging some onions there and going away from Christian Christian Gonzalez. There's been some disagreements with the cornerbacks and and who's going to be the best. So I, I like the Witherspoon. He he doesn't care about two or three years from now and being wrong. He says I'm going to go get my guy, and that's why I I like that pick um rachel if you could please join us and number one let us know what your favorite pick was that was not your own um and number two let us know who won the mf double mvp maybe those two things are are not tied together maybe they are it's up to you okay my favorite pick today i actually really liked miles murphy at number 18 jeremy was talking about how he could see him paired with aiden hutchinson i thought that that was pretty a pretty good take so i'm here for that one uh my least Uh-oh. favorite Uh-oh. <laughs> i'm gonna throw that out <laughs> my least favorite was probably will levis at number wow. four i i don't know i wanted to see anthony richardson yeah. come on i feel like you know strong arm speed yeah. athleticism i just feel like richardson at number four that's yeah. what's gonna happen i don't know my least favorite um but today <laughs> i'm gonna give it to 
I really like Jim. This is the third <laughs> yes. one in a row. And what? I nailed the Ravens pick, like, didn't I? I nailed I did. it. <laughs> you had to. Oh my God. You wow. did. That was one of them. They powers of the Ravens. Miles Murphy, you had uh, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigma to the Packers. That was pretty That was pretty cool. I like to see it. And then you also had Brian Branch to the Vikings, which was like that future pick you said. So he has three in a row right now. Like, that's Whoa. Kind of Some Jeremy, people are saying it. I'm, I'm not. The, the floor is yours right now, Jeremy. Before we offer our thoughts, you've earned this. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, listen, this was the draft show <laughs> and, and being a Detroit Lions fan, I consider myself a draft expert every year because it is our Super Bowl. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Pete, I know the the Chiefs are going to be in the spotlights in Kansas City. You're coming off a Super Bowl win, yeah. but don't forget that this sure. is the Detroit Lions event, and I proved it today. Um, yeah, I was. Pete, uh, Pete, I was. Pete, please, to please, the... please let me go, Pete, because I I normally <laughs> like when I um, have a dissension, it's because I feel like I should have won. Um, but Jeremy's yeah. favorite pick that wasn't his was yours. Uh, or one of yours, my favorite pick that wasn't mine was one of yours, and Rachel criticized me for taking Will Levis in Indianapolis right. and not taking Anthony Richardson, who you wound up with. Uh, so speaking of the yes. Super Bowl and you being upset, like, Pete, I feel like this was your thing. Like, I, you're kind of like 07 Patriots against a Giants team that is one of your fonder personal sports memories here. Like, I feel like you were kind of robbed here, Pete. I'm, I'm a little bit upset for you. Well, it, it's like when a, a referee has it up against a certain team. Rachel was upset that I called her out <laughs> in the Slack channel earlier this week when Tom Brady was very clear in not saying he was officially done in as far as being retired. I have I have been on the Tom train when it when it's when I say that he's going to Miami, party in the city and the heat is on. And uh, Rachel didn't like that I I fired back. So look, it it came out today and I just wanted to bring that to to light. It, it, it had nothing to do with this podcast and my performance. It had everything to do with me calling around the Slack channel. It's funny so, that you, you brought up the the holding penalty um, that many Eagles fans still kind of lean on. That's I feel like that's who you are right now, Pete. Like you're like that one penalty costed mm-hmm. you the game. You know what I mean? Like you, it was it was perfect until it wasn't. So. I mean it. It's been a lot for our our friends in Philly. It was the field is one of the excuses. Ooh. It was the holding. <laughs> Bitter Pete that, doesn't that, have a, a boundary, Rachel. So um you created this monster. No, uh, not at I think all. the weather, I'm you know, some it. some are saying that that too many of them were watching they were watching a re-re at half and got distracted. <laughs> There's just a lot built into that Super Bowl. By the way, on the subject of that, um Jalen Hurts had his press conference while we were doing this show and um was asked about not taking a fully guaranteed contract. And he said, Money is great, championships are better. Super awesome, like disposition and a great quote. But Jalen literally is being paid more per year than any player in NFL history. Um, so, so maybe <laughs> let's let's relax on the like. Oh, I didn't take a lot of money. You know, sort what of a mentality. What a also, um, championships are better. And I, I don't mean to be this guy, but you know, Pete, I'm like fully on your side at this point. What what ring you got, Jalen? What what where where's the where's the championship oh, you're talking about? Well, like what's NFC champion? What, where, uh, okay, heard, they do hand out rings for that, um, Jeremy. Um, I know the Lions have never been to an NFC I, title game, so I know you don't know that, but they do hand out rings for the people who win those games. I love me <laughs> some Jalen Hurts, but he dropped he dropped the ball. Like Jalen Hurts literally had like an incredibly consequential fumble in that game, and it's like, oh, but we don't like we don't have to talk about that. Like it's you know that doesn't fit the narrative. So, oh. 
one of the best Super Bowl performances of all time, though. It just it didn't end in victory. I wouldn't have been mad if they gave him the MVP. He almost probably you could make a case that he deserved the MVP, but they didn't. Wow. It's hard. To, it's hard to give the losing team the the MVP. Wow. Uh, well, you were the losing team and also not the MVP today, uh, Pete. Congratulations, Jeremy. Congratulations, Rachelle, on the Ravens getting Zay Flowers. Uh, great. Actually, the MFW MVP, sorry, Jeremy, should go to Rachelle for perfectly executing um, everything that we did. We sprung it on her last second, and like the MVP she is, she did it. So great job, Rachelle. Uh, Pete, as we leave, why don't you tell us mm-hmm. um, anything you yeah. want? Well, well, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm moving right now, and so I'm going to share some advice. Just start earlier than I did. I, it, It's never too early to begin packing up boxes, so I'm going to leave you with that uh, source of wisdom if you plan on moving in the next five to six to eight years or whatever. So you move 10 years from now, you can disregard this advice, but in that time specifically. Well, I imagine at that point, chat GPT will have evolved to a point where it, it'll move everything for you the way that it's going. And so I would say the, the window is the next eight years or so. Enjoy the draft. Woo!